0: So listen, everybody, this is the T.K. Kirkman Podcast. You know, I try to do different shows to to bring light to certain things around the world. This week is interesting because I made a post the other day about um, a a teacher teaching a young kid how to keep his pride instead of taking money and to know that he's a true black king. His brother reached out to me. I saw his reply didn't say nothing special. I just felt that when I saw it that he said teachers don't get enough credit and that is so true. So this day I would like to dedicate this to all the teachers around the world, especially, especially our Afro American teachers who are a true vital part of society and of our Afro-American children are molding them to be who they will become, which is extremely important. So I see that you are a teacher at Clinton Campus High School. Now, where is that located? This is in New York City in the Bronx specifically. Okay. Ooh, so you got a, you're got in a rough situation. Yes, some might yes. say that. Yeah, yeah, you're in Bronx. You're in a rough situation. But, so, But just to give it a little bit more credence, Okay. I'm in a Title One school, so it means we're at risk, so we get federal funding to right. help solve the problem, quote-unquote. In mm-hmm. addition, I'm in District 10 in the Bronx, which is a poorest congressional district in the United States of America. Wow. Now, when you say at risk, what does that mean?
1: So, in, 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 like, in so what
0: happens um, – sorry to cut you off. Um, what happens is at a Title I school – the federal government has recognized that the scores and testings and the quality of teachers is so below standards, meaning they're performing so under par that the federal government recognizes that we have to spend more on those schools to try to retain teachers, bring up resources, fix the buildings, et cetera, et cetera. It's at Mm -hmm. such a horrendous level that the federal government steps in. isn't that also yeah, based on property taxes? I was doing my research, right? And Absolutely. it stated that the property taxes, this is a lot of people don't know this, in the, in the rich successful areas, the property taxes truly help out the community and the schools, correct? 100%. Um, typically, um, whatever the tax rate is, and that's why we have higher tax rates in certain suburbs, that money is... Uh, broken down into the police, the fire department, and education. Okay. And so are we saying that in your area that people are not paying their taxes or people, the money is just not getting funneled to you guys? Um, So it's a little bit of both. So the Bronx is paying your taxes. It's yeah. not that. It's that the neighborhood was in distress at one point and the school kind of never got its mojo back. They could never keep teachers longer than a couple years. So this leads to poor education, which kind of broadens the achievement gap.
1: The testing
0: scores are coming in so low that the federal government realizes that there's a need to spend more money, that there's something happening at this location and at this school. And that because it's at such a great need, Uh they need to kick in. Um, It's not necessarily... It typically is associated with neighbors, neighborhoods in poverty, but there's always those borderline neighborhoods, and they don't get recognized until the school starts performing so poorly. Okay. So it just depends. Um, now, New York State is weird. New York City is particularly weird because the business um, tax is so high that people's property taxes is subsidized in New York City particularly. Okay, explain that. And, so if you compare, um, for example, I'm in the section of the Bronx, um, about a half a mile, mile and a half, to the border of New York City to the next county, which is Westchester County, which is where the okay. suburbs begin, Yonkers, yes. Scarsdale, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for the same size property, they would pay about triple the amount I would. So I'm between five and six thousand dollars a year. I'll put my stuff out there. The same size property for about uh, twenty five. Hundred square foot property just a mile and a half over would run you about fifteen thousand in taxes wow. per year. Now that's because they're not being subsidized by the businesses in New York. Right. Those municipalities that would normally get their budget only from or primarily from the uh you know that those residents' property tax in New York State is offset by the major corporations. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So now, what is it that Let's just go deep into schools because I travel a lot. I've been out of high school for many years. My kids go to private, predominantly um, suburb schools, which is, you know, I'm not going to be ashamed to say that. But I come from the hood. I'm from from Jersey City, New Jersey, straight It's not a high school. And the things that I hear about bullying, the things that I hear – hold on a second, wait a second. Yeah, it was my son, so you got to take that car, Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so
0: now how – is it getting that bad that women are intimidating other women to become gay and bogarting them and all this kind of stuff? Can you explain to me what's going on so our fans, the people who got have kids in school who are blinded by and not putting their ear to the street, I need them to know what's going on. Then we'll come back to education, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera what we can do for Absolutely. your school. Okay? <clears throat> um, so, again, here in the Bronx, there's no shortage of bully, bullying, bullying, and in violent instances. Yeah. Um, the major thing, I, I think there's two parts to the story. So I okay. think naturally kids go through the adolescent phase, they're showing off, right? Okay. Especially right. in ninth and tenth grade. Males are trying to assert some dominance or trying to find their roles, alpha, beta kind of roles. Uh, females are starting to find that they're having allure toward men. Um, and nowadays, you have the internet, right? And as I say, the internet, I mean social media and things of the like. Um, this has changed the game vastly since I was in high school.
2: Man, so I
0: graduated think... in 2002.
1: Okay. To give you
0: some reference. So kind of like, Right before the internet was in every kid's hands, mm-hmm. right? Like when I graduated, beepers were still a thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> like we were onto the two-way pager at that point, right? Right? So we weren't kind. Of, we were right before sidekicks, but um, as far as this, I mean, this has changed the game. You can be cool just because you have a lot of likes on your post, right? Um, You can be famous just for catching a fight and having it on your account that you're the one who witnessed a fight and video recorded it. So there's ways in which we really don't understand their social dynamic because they do live in that dichotomy of having an online presence and having a real-world presence. Mm -hmm. And they balance it much better than most of us ourselves and much more than we would give them credit for Okay. So navigating the online world is really difficult for a high school kid, and it's make or break. So as much as we talk about that, you know, girls taking those crop pictures and they know what to do. These kids are even much more elaborate at it. They understand the psychodynamics behind leaving somebody on bread versus, you know, mm-hmm. the, the time and in which a manner you DM somebody, quote unquote. But also how these things lead to problems. So my school had. Issues where kids end up getting in fights off of online comments. People just, Mm. you know, trolling or saying something. Just being in high school, but when it's online and they realize everybody sees it, those stakes are so much higher. Mm. And I don't fault the children because this is where we have to take credit, and I'm not pointing at anybody individually, but Mm -hmm. these kids were raised with these phones. Right. Nobody can say they're not.
2: They were raised by
0: these tablets they notice, like, the back of their hand. This is That's music true. to them. And to the take it away mm-hmm. is the same thing as for me to expect I'm going to take away a crackhead stem or a heroin user's needle. Like, it's not okay. happening. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, this yeah. is a, they're at an addicted level now. So it's very conscious of their image. Image is so big. And, I mean, I grew up where Jordans was this and that. But now mm-hmm. these kids can really just post pictures about somebody wearing the same outfit day in, day out. Or somebody's thing wow. in class, or so forth. So it's, you know, it's like when we were kids. Probably we left the school, and after about four o'clock, after dismissal, everybody went home. And what happened right. happened that day. Right. That was it. This doesn't stop with them. They are going home and still talking about it, and it's still going on. And you know, the other thing is too, I do give them credit on handling their own sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hypersexualized environment. Okay, Again, I, I try to tell my students, I, I remember having to call up somebody's parents to get to that phone line and having to put on that good voice like, hello, man. You know, Ms. Johnson, I'm just trying to talk to Kayla. Is that okay? And, you know, they'd be like, there's a grown man on the phone. Fuck out of here. Click. Right. And you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. So you had to go through that where these kids, they don't have that barrier. They're sending, you know, explicit photos to each other, and they're on Tinder too. You know, they're, they're the kids? each other on DMs, the kids, man. And imagine being in high school and like, you like, like somebody's pictures. Kids? The kids are sending, you know, crotch shots to each other. You know what I mean? And if your kid is 14 to 18, they're watching pornos and, and sending flicks to each other, asking them, do you want to do this? They're, you know, sending pictures, like come through. They always will find a way whose house is vacant during the daytime. They, you know, and again, they can text each other. Well, Get in different the fuck classes. out of here, yo. I'm not, I'm not. I wish I was joking. I wish I was joking. There'll be times where I'll pull somebody, I'll say, hey, I see your cell phone in your hand, and they'll be like, yo, it's Katrina, and it's another student texting them their sex capades while it's happening while the other person's at home, and the other person's in class distracted, and I'm trying to get them to focus on, you know, trigonometric functions. So it's it's a hard world to navigate. Wow, oh, man. Whew. So um, there's a lot of beef, also because I think the respect for women has changed. Okay. Not only for themselves, but how men see them. So okay, break it down. There's a lot it's of fine. disrespect. Okay, break it down. Listen. Okay, so for example, again. Most of the girls' attitude, they're not like the girls I went to high school with. Mm -hmm. Make you hold a hand, walk with them three months, take them out to the movies and so forth. These girls are with it. At 15, 16, they're running through dudes talking about them, talking about their sexual performance, calling them lames. I mean, (laughs) the other thing is a lot of times now these kids' (laughs) sexuality fluctuates. So I have kids that are dating women for six months and go to men or Quick as far as a week. They flop between both like it's no problem.
1: Wow.
0: So it's a different arena. And, again, a lot of feelings are involved. This is high school.
1: Yeah. We've been dealing with
0: this for the first time. So when we're talking bullying, we're talking like girls are sending the dudes, you know, his, his D-pick around. And then it will embarrass him and be like, yo, the D was whack. So you guys can yeah, imagine you gotta be as adults how Right. Now you talk about his pipe game week in the middle of a class, and this is leading them to the point where you'll have males want to slap a girl around, want to beat her fucking ass close to the embarrassment level. Right. And they don't care about hitting girls. You know, after years of lyrics, you know, or media to the point where we've like, kind of like, we don't even pay the attention anymore when a girl gets slapped up. Or hit, or you know, mm-hmm. oh, you know. Sometimes there's things that happen, but it's to the point now. A lot of the times, then the girls, like you said earlier, you have girls that are so thugged out, they're like dudes, and they covet that attention that females will come to them after they've been hurt by dudes. Right. So it's again, it's very adult like for young kids, and they just have so much access; it's hard to limit their ability to think and see adult things okay so that's just in and out of the classroom as far as bullying there's like two sides to that okay um like direct physical contact and things of that nature Mm -hmm. again because of online stuff it could go on so much longer right as far as in the classrooms I want to say in one aspect it's not as tough as it was now I'm from New York City public school I came from a time in the day if you didn't have juice you couldn't go to certain bathrooms. You couldn't right. go to upper floor bathrooms. You, you know what I mean? People who smoke the cigarettes in there, dice, you know, all that kind right. of environment. So you just knew better. And there were certain things you carried yourself because you knew who was who. Okay. And now those things are very blurred. So it's not so obvious as to who's running things and things like that, you know? So kids will often go outside their boundaries, not really, haven't been checked before in life until it's too late. Okay. And you know, back in our day, you know I wasn't gonna say something about somebody's mama unless I was ready for that repercussion. Stand right. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Like you so, just did that, imagine somebody's more. mom. Like or if you said it, you know I'm I'm antagonizing you into this fight. I just right. told him about his mama. So either right. he's gonna lay down or we we dump him. So now right. these kids they may say something about somebody's mom And they think it's a joke. They think, oh, I'm trolling. And they're not really have been put into perspective until it happens to them. Like, oh, and then they think this person is extra or I don't know why they did that. But, again, back in the day, we had our value systems in place and in line. So, nowadays, it is easier to step outside the boundary and then shit escalates real quick. This is crazy. So, you know... I mean, everything is, is it's, again, it's really based on that social media aspect and right. how that's going to change kids. But, I mean, there's some cool things where I've seen kids that typically would have been bullied back in the day uh-huh. that are now not being bullied because of their online presence. They might be a gamer and they might be really good at the video games. Right. And people respect that. That is, you it know, sure something in is. my day again. A video game kid was like a nerd, like that was a herb kind of thing, right. like wasn't really respected in the street. Now, right. that, you know, if you're nice on Fortnite, you will get juice. The thugs will appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? Everybody will know you, dap you up, and you can go home and do your homework. But if you're <laughs> nice in the games, that's, that's, that's juice. You know, if you've right. got a lot of followers on Instagram, I got students with fourteen or 15,000 followers, and they are celebrities. and You can't tell them nothing. They don't go to school for nothing. They they swear they're gonna be famous again in the Bronx. We got a lot of Cardi B imitators.
1: Again,
2: right, it's very
0: hard to fight right now because there's no social standing. So to be a dancer doesn't matter as long as you get money, and that's how right. of the world I live in on a regular. You know, it's, well, so you hey, got high school so- kids so, dancing. They you know they really think that being an Instagram model, and you know, behaving or aspiring to be a Kim Kardashian. That that's that's a way of life for them. That is a valid way of life to think that way. Oh, we we are doomed. Yeah, I do want to say that, but I no, but you can't say. It. Is, I'll say it. We are. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no I mean, oh there's my a, god. There's, there's minimal hope. I'll tell you that. Right. The hope is is stronger. I'll say this. You know, we. I come from a time when there was a general consensus of people doing the right things or thinking the right things. Now that's hard to find, but when you find it, it's very pure. You know? Right. So I see kids that have been raised, you know, have been raised correctly and have been trained. There's some good dudes out here. There right. really are some good fathers now, mm-hmm. this generation, keeping these kids on point, like this music is fake, so forth. So I have students that, they they listen to the stuff and they, they talk a good game, but at heart, they know what's real in life. You okay, know? right. So, so, based on who raised you, absolutely, TK, you I know got, what I got. Mean? I, I got to agree with you. It's not because a joke. It's really, not a joke. It really mm-hmm. is. Because the parents, what I'm hearing, I'm here listening to your story, but then I'm hearing who the fuck is raising these kids, and it goes this, back <laughs> that parents are lazy. This what I'm saying. Uh, most of these kids are raised by the online TV, YouTube, nice. whatever to get, you know? So, the, and, and again, we've had this docile generation that's not outside in the streets playing and, you know what I mean, hands in the mud kind of thing and hitting the courts and all that. They, you know, they're on their phones. They live in their in their internet world. But as, as I say, they because they have two personalities, a lot of things in life get blurred. And without parents to straighten that up for you,
1: right. you're not
0: gonna recognize that, and that's why you had kids like six nine so popular. And I was able to tell my students. I mean, a lot of them come back now and they know the deal. But I told them early on, this dude's not gonna. He's not a real thug.
1: Right. He's not
0: gonna make it when his shit hits the fan, yep. and he's lying to you. And I've I've seen his story. Yeah. But we, you know, thugs back in the day looked like thugs. They damn sure did. Damn he damn right. <laughs> Copying a lot too, so
1: it was for real. You know,
0: it, that that's what it goes to, and that you know, it's funny. Hold on say, one second, uh, friend, my daughter. Hold ahead. on please. Hold on. Mhm. Yeah, I just had to get my daughter's hair done, so I'm paying bills yeah. everywhere. Okay, so what was the <laughs> thing again, Father? Oh, so um, just to go back to like who raised you is actually right. kind of how I got into teaching in the first place. Okay. Um prior to this, I'm I'm a switch in so I've had a career hotel front office management for twelve years for the W, Marriott, and the standard hotel group. So okay. Andre Balaz. Okay. And I kind of switched, I, I got into my thirties and I said, know, I gotta do something greater with this cause. I got some knowledge, okay. right? I went back to college um at twenty five, so I was really able to like critically look at the world and see what I could do for it. And okay. at that time, Michael Brown had got shot, mm-hmm. uh, in Ferguson, Missouri. And I was really distraught with that and a couple other young brothers. And I'm like, you know, is it the way we talking to them? Is it the way we articulate and what is this problem that we're not all able to see, but then even still how are we at, you know, as African-Americans in this country, how are we at the level where we can get more action to be done quicker than what had happened over the course of the next couple of years?
1: Okay, And,
0: you know, again, going back to who raised you, I read this. I was listening to this piece on This American Life with Nicole Hannah-Jones. Now, she's an African-American woman who writes about unequal housing and education, you Mm -hmm. know, and systemic inequalities. And one of the things she noticed was the first quote from Michael Brown's mother, uh, Leslie McSpadden, was she said, you took my son away from me. You know how hard it was to get him to stay in school and graduate. Do you know how many black men graduate? Not many. Right. And for a mother who just has now seen her son shot um, dead for no reason, you know what I mean? For her to come out with that, I had to sit back and think. And I'm like, what the hell? How You know, what's going on in Missouri? How right. hard is it? And then I I sat back, and I started looking at my friends, and I'm like, oh, damn, yeah, half of y'all have not finished high school or mm. even attempted GED. And I started looking around, and I started getting into, you know, some statistics, and it really bothered me that there was so few of us taking care of ourselves. Okay. And just to give you an idea of that, so... Uh, Male students of color make up 43% of New York City public schools' whole demographic. So just under half is just boys of color. And yet only 8% of the entire teacher workforce is black, Latino, Asian men. So I saw a huge discrepancy with that proportion of us being raised not by ourselves, but by primarily white women. Okay. Right. So Huey B. Newton has an interview with Phil Donahue in the 80s, in 88 to be specific, and he says 85% of teachers are young white women. What's really sad is here in 2019, that figure hasn't changed an iota. It's almost exactly the same. Okay. So 85% of it is white women alone. Then out of the remaining 15%, half of that is about black women, and the rest is just men in color. Right. It's really thin presence. And, um, you know, when I was coming along, when I thought about it, I was like, okay, I think I had a history teacher, an English teacher, but the rest of the black teachers I knew were just gym teachers. Right. That's and true. I, You're right. And I'm not knocking them, but. No, not knocking you know, them. That's true, though. It, how are we expecting these kids to grow up in a world where they're not even being raised by themselves? So, like, so many of the lives that I have was taught as a youth, only to go to college to find out that that was a lie, whether it was about Columbus being a hero
1: right. or,
0: you know, things of that nature. Right. You know, what the American Republic has really done, you know what I'm saying, to certain yeah. countries in the last hundred years, and, you know, colorism and why people see each other differently, although we all come from the same diaspora out of Africa.
1: Right, you know, and
0: go yeah. the slave trade. Whether you was in Brazil, you were in the islands, Panama, Mexico, or America, we all came from Africa, and the right. slave trader jumped on the bag and bandwagon with us. So right. it was what it was. So you know, that's one of the things that I saw. That you know, I, as I became educated, I became aware of the situation. And again, going into this, I said I don't have much financially. You know, I'm able okay. to take care of myself. But I don't have. Oprah money to open up schools. I don't have LeBron money, and and shout out to them for doing that. Don't get me wrong.
1: Absolutely,
2: absolutely.
0: All I could do as a single individual was, as Gandhi says, "Be the wish you change, be the change you wish to see in the world." Mm -hmm. And I jumped on that and said, "Okay, I'll be in a STEM class, whether it's you know English or not English, but uh, math or science. Let me jump in that and help these kids and have somebody respectable to look at, and also somebody to reflect where." Look, you don't have to talk like these white people or share their ideals of right. success to be right. successful. Look at me. I came out of the two-bedroom. Now i got a house for me and my family and my children's. Right. You know, and I talk to them. And it's like, you know, it's not by being a rapper or a celebrity, and I'm not knocking those people. Right. But too many of our children feel that if they're not a celebrity, they don't know what success is, and they That's don't so find themselves as positive members of the community. Right. Again, most of my teachers I mean my, my students think teachers are lame, but what I tell them in New York City you can make a hundred grand in six years in this game, it changes their idea real quick. Oh, oh that's yep. big money, mister. Right. And I'm like, that's just teaching. You could go be a doctor or a dentist. There's a lot of jobs you're overlooking. Right. Because somebody may not believe in education in your family. Oh, and then that goes back City. to this, that goes back to this whole idea, like how were you raised? Do your parents right. value education, or not have a value for it. Yep. Like I see with you and yours, and some people feel weird about that, but they, you can't. Look, you have to get the best education for your kids. It's Damn the right. strongest leg we have up as a people, right? And it's pretty much the only reason I see that we're not connected is not enough of us have enough education to trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and. I'm not saying it always has to come from school, but we have to start learning how to teach ourselves. Like, you know, we look at Nipsey Hussle, intelligent brother, you know? Right. But he didn't go to school route, but he found a way to self-educate, which is just as equally important and valuable. Look what he ended up doing for his community. So, you know, education is the way. And I think if we start dominating and taking care of ourselves, it would happen much more frequently than just uh, one example. uh, I was, and this is one of the reasons why I reached out to you, because I was talking to people about education, right? And let me tell you how to start it started, and how I reached out and I yes. posted the post that I did. I went to go see that movie um, with the young lady from Empire, uh, Tahaji, and about um, segregation or integration. Is it segregation or integration? Okay. Right. What, 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 so I always get the two mixed. Okay, up. so I'll, I'll get it. Segregation, separate but not equal, is when we had our own schools by color code. And right. the idea was that we weren't getting enough resources to have adequate education. So integration, integration. was a plan where we started mixing. Okay. You know, we bused usually to the outside school. The good. So let me tell that. you. Typically that I was a program. Okay, so once I saw that movie, I said, we fucked up. And let me explain to you why. Even though we didn't have the resources, we should have found the same effort that we put into doing integration. We should have did finding money for our schools because once we got into their house, their schools, they taught us about their history, about their world. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: absolutely, And we lost who we are. See, we lost. Eight sure eight, enough, they didn't teach Now we're talking about three, four generations now, longer that we didn't know
1: who the fuck we are as kings. Oh, and that's oh, why it's, so it, easy. It's, just, it's
0: a great shock to many students when I tell them the truth about Africa. You know, Montemusa and how we have more gold than anywhere else in the world, and they, right? They, it's hard for them to believe it. It's so true. Let alone get behind it. And the right. and say, yeah, this is who we are. This is the people I come from. And right. uh, imagine, even I tell my Dominican and Puerto Rican brothers and sisters, and they really are like you bugging, bugging teacher. Or when I tell them that the diet that they usually eat is actually African in nature, they have a hard time digesting that. And that's because white people divide and conquer. And you know, I'm not going to put that on any one white person. You know, right, right, um, but there's this typical thing where we divide and conquer and I think you're you're absolutely right. I I'm not saying that we can't have integrated schools. I'm just saying that we need to start really looking at ourselves. Right. And I see it as I'm in the I'm in the classroom world now. As a teacher yes. I'm saying is too many white women are teaching our children how to be. They're telling our young you know, everybody's wondering about the homosexuality. Well, look in the classroom. There have a whole bunch of white women turning our black men into docile creatures that are yeah. manageable yeah. so they can get their job done. It's not about right. being a king or a queen or who you really can be or right. who you can be for your people. We're not here to raise nipsies. This education system is very... It's Jim Crow. It's its Willie Lynch. Yeah, it's, it's a format. Here, yeah, we're going to keep, you know, brothers and sisters... We're going to keep them down. We only need a right. couple of them to make the diversity shit look cool. Cause my so couple son smart is, ones get through, right. they're going to make it all look like it's fair. My Meanwhile, kids if you look smart. at the numbers, exactly. Now, what's where I'm like going, going with this? My youngest son is a black belt in karate, straight-A student. His mother reaches out to me and says, oh, they want Nigel to come to class. I said, well, what the fuck did he do? And he said, oh, he was talking too much or he was doing it now. My son's mom is a teacher, and we're on the same page. And what Ooh. I explained to her, I said, as long as that motherfucker, excuse my language, fans, is getting good grades and he a black belt in karate, he's a man. He's a young boy. They're not going to make my son a bitch-ass nigga. He's supposed to. Basically. It's impossible yeah. not to talk all fucking days. You got your damn mind. A kid sitting in school from nine to three o'clock, and you expect them not to talk—is you out your fucking mind?
2: <laughs> Yo,
0: it's impossible.
1: It's it's, it's, it's crazy. It's but not again, realistic. Like
0: the system, um, they've done so many studies that they understand how much a human brain could absorb at one time, and that's why you look at colleges set up on an hour and a half here and an hour and a half there for one day. That's it. You have two classes, maybe on a full time right. schedule. You know. Um, it's because they realize how much the human brain is going to absorb and actually, like, really understand and conceptualize. So the eight-hour school day is really just to keep up with work. It's for people's work schedules. Right. What's going to do with the children?
2: Right. You're going to get
0: used to that eight-hour work block that you're going to do on a minimum wage or the labor and jobs. Get used to that, kids. Just like, you know, lunchtime, we're going to limit it to 45 minutes when we know digestion takes over an hour.
1: Right, Like,
0: it's little things like that that people aren't really seeing. The way, you know, the the prison and school pipeline is very real. They get these yes. kids very instituted and getting used to those bells and whistles, and I see it. And, again, having white people have authority over you since early on. Right. Very early on. And, you know, unfortunately, not everybody has resources, so they kind of have to work with the system. And they get the shit treatment. And part of my friends, and and they don't really know what to do, you mm-hmm. know. And what they're really doing is they're trying to turn all our kids into really to special ed. Yep. The state gets more money per kid if they're special ed. Right. And uh, you can look at all the the child behavior uh, specialists, and there's very few black ones. Dr. Umar Johnson speaks about that. I think he said okay. he's one of two in all of Georgia. But look at who's going to schools. So who's telling our kids? And I'm going to bring it back to you, who's special ed or who's acting up.
1: So yep. if somebody's
0: not really paying attention to the psychology of child development, because to be a teacher, you don't have to take child development courses at all. Right. You don't have to take psychology at all beyond what's required for your regular degree. Mm-hmm. And if people don't have children, how do you, well do you really know them? Right. Again, I say this because most teachers are going to be a white woman between 21 and 30 years old. So what worldly experience do you have? To understand a black man, let alone give him direction, right. that's going to affirm who he is, and or if it's going to negate, how do you how do you minimize the hurt you may cause? Right you know, again, that's I true. see it when a kid, like I I'll see kids and I think it's normal. I see them you know beatboxing or putting on their do rags or talking to each other about shoes and you know I think that's normal. I think that's part of just growing up as a kid in New York. But a lot of my colleagues will see that behavior and, like, oh, they're going to go to the street. Oh, da da da. And these are the people I have to work with. Right. Oh, this, it ain't going to be. Look at the thing on his head, that rag on his head. Yeah. And it's like, man, he's getting fresh. He needs his way for the weekend. You don't understand. Teacher. You don't understand. You know, I That's try to right. explain it to him. That's them. right. Um, these profile You know, they other people. They profile, them. and little things, too, that, like, we, we this is where the resources go, and so that's why I'm glad I do work at a Title One school. Things like pencils. You know, okay. people will sit here and yell at these kids, oh, what's wrong with you, da 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 and It's like, yo, know, you don't know which one of these kids just came from a two-bedroom with eight people sleeping yeah. on a couch or yes, walking, uh, you know, past the stained elevators in the project spit on, and then they got to go past the deli. Where some drug dealers is probably going to be at, or old grimy men trying to pull them away or stray, right. you know to get through the crazy people on the subway just to get to school in the morning, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, and then to be very cognizant, these mm-hmm. kids know they're the troubled kids, they know I'm the black kid, I don't have a chance at life,
2: you so really also
0: they they're so resilient in that way that they don't care what people think about them, they're just gonna do them. This generation is really the we're gonna do us, we doing me, mean, you know. We're right. gonna do them. And and you know, God bless them for that. That nobody yes. could tear them down and that they could look at them, you know, I mean we come from probably even you more so sort of me, you know, you look at the Black Panther movement, other movements right. where we were empowering young black men. You black, you beautiful, right. black, I'm proud. Mm-hmm. These kids see black as you know, like Lil Wayne says, "I don't even want to date dark bitches." So, pardon my touch again. But who these said that? Girls don't. Lil Wayne said, "I when? don't uh, date dark girls." This is a few years wait, ago wait, when he was wait, having the baby mama thing with Lauren London. Um, he's not the only rapper, and if we Google it, there's a few rappers that have also said they they stay in the red bone, yellow bone area. So there's there's oh, you know, man. A lot of connotation with being a young, dark black girl, especially if your hair's not long or you don't look like black China or you don't have, you know, these parts. You know what I mean? And I mean, again, these kids are are hearing what men want and what women want early on. These were private conversations that people didn't talk about with kids' presence. These kids are hearing about regularly. So they're very resilient in, in waking up and getting through the day. But again, I have teachers that are bitching them uh, for not having a pencil. And I'm like, you have no clue what this kid went through. And they're still hungry and they still might not have food. You don't know who right. parents, there's drug addicts and, or, or even just working too damn hard, you know? And right. a lot of these people's, again, value systems come from the suburbs
1: when mm-hmm. your parents
0: made sure you had your, your bagged lunch and you had the little tin can with all your pencils and your lead pencils and your erasers and, you know, your markers right. and your highlighters. And these kids, are lucky enough. Most of them are waking themselves up. Nobody cares. Especially the males. Uh, you know, you probably know what it's like. Young black man, you fifteen, sixteen, you grown man in the house. Nobody cares about really feeding you. You
1: too damn big.
0: Most people don't care about an older student. That's a cop that's a cop out. I no, I think it is. I think most people need to you know worry about their kids, but as you spoken about, you have so many kids from broken homes.
1: More than fifty percent. Right.
0: right. So you got parents that is looking at that mistake that they made in their life
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then, you know, I I just want to be done. I'm I'm hitting eighteen, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done.
1: And, and, and to the people are getting who, a full
0: follow through. Yes, and to the parents who are listening, I'm gonna share something with you. Your child is not grown at fourteen, nor at fifteen, nor at sixteen or eighteen. You have to wake your child the fuck up make sure that your child has something to eat to go to school and hug your child, motivate your child, tell your child to look at your child's fucking homework the same way you look at your iPhone and same way you look through your text messages or go on Instagram. Find out when they have parents counseling, when you could go to school and visit the teachers. It's such an epidemic that's going around in this country that we are not truly aware of it, because you all you hear, right, is, "Oh, the kids is fucked up. The kids is bad. It's the fucking parent." Don't point, 100%. The, point to the kids. Point to have some fucking accountability. It's you, motherfuckers. That's why we got mumble rapping. You don't think the kids, the kids want to read? They just can't pronounce the fucking words because you ain't read to them when they was kids. Stop fucking stop fucking out here, letting men nutting you, and you ain't got a fucking dime. you ain't got common sense to raise a child, and to men who take the condom off, to men who just want to get a nut but don't want to handle the responsibility of dealing with the woman, yo, I'm here to tell you when you take that condom off when you're nutting a woman, she has the right to control your life to the day you fucking die. But the day you die. We have to start today. We have to start to understand what the fuck the government, this country, is doing to black men, males. We're going around shooting each other. You're killing off your own fucking army, you dummies. You're turning gay. Now, I'm not against gay people. I'll make sure it's clear that. But you've got a choice to be a king, a man. And you take the choice of going another route, which is hurting your race. They know what they're doing to us, the fellas and ladies and parents. They know. They know you got to read. They know what they're doing. So it's time, everybody, this is a very. I couldn't wait to do this show with you today. It's been on my mind all week. Stop pointing the finger at other people. Start telling young kids on the street when you see them, tell them that they can be everything they could be. that like, go get them, yo. You know, encourage them to, to achieve in life. Encourage them to know from right from wrong, but at the same time have discipline not to get caught up in drugs, not to get pregnant at an early age. Please, everybody, I do these shows to enlighten you guys. I bring some of the greatest people on earth, which is you. I do everyday people. You are the motherfucking celebrities to me. I'm your number one fan. I love y'all. So I try to do what I can to get you guys on my show so that we can hear your story from inside you guys are the reporters on the street. You come back to me and report and then we share this our stories to the world. That's what we do on the show. Um real quick, I gotta do some public announcements as I do every week. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in Union, New Jersey this week, we got a special show and I'm excited about it. Um Wednesday, April twenty fourth at 7-8 um, Lounge in New Jersey. Um, address is 1564 Union Avenue, Union, New Jersey. For reservations, call 908-267-7628. That's this Wednesday coming up, April 24. Then we shoot down Thursday for the world-famous Baltimore Comedy Factor. You already know what it is. You already know what it's going to be out there and be more. On um, Thursday, April 25th, 8 p.m. Friday um, shows are 8 p.m. and 10.30. Saturday, 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. Make your reservations at 410-547-7798. And please follow me on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland. The deal is done. Everything is re- ready. We go up to pre-orders for my special. October, let's say exactly. October. Get my glasses. October twenty eighth. The special that people have been waiting on for a long time. Who raised you? Is coming out. We shot it in Miami. Um, we got Baby in it. We got Lil Wayne, Drake. We got X. Uh, Sensation is in the um, right before he died last year. I'm sorry that took long, but with my schedule, getting things done, but we got it done. We was going to shoot with Netflix, but Amazon came across with a better deal, and we're going to do pre-orders starting in June and July, and please check it out. I swear to you, you're truly going to love the show. And remember, every week, I always told you, talk to you guys about credit. I talked to you about Sheryl Anderson, was one of the top people in the country, in my opinion, to get people's credit together. And that's so important that if you're not thinking about it, start thinking about it and having walking around here with good credit, getting your life together. That's the start. It's very important to do that. And let me give you a guide, you guys, a website that we can handle this and get ready to move on to other things in this game called life. What college did you go to? There, well, I'm looking for this thing. I went to Baruch College. It's at the City University in New York. Okay, cool. Okay, and what made you go to that particular school? Um, it was a business school, and at the time, I was studying marketing communications. So, just had been in the hotel industry for a long time, and what I did get to do there is ask everybody about their life. And kind of while I was in college, got to study a little bit and then ask people more. And, I saw myself going in a marketing direction, and I did do that for about two years for a small firm called The Fierce Group. And ultimately, I felt like you celebrities, I was constantly on the road, and that's a hard life to maintain. I could the not do there it is, all the time. Straight Ooh. up um, hotels, back to back to the point where you know the staff by name in multiple cities, and they know what you like and things like that. But it's just hard always not being around your friends or having access to things. So yeah, eventually it got to me. And then that's when I said, okay, I got some money in my pocket. You know, I'm putting down for a house. What am I really going to do with the second half now? Am I going to stay in, in the hotel industry? I'm going to go this market route. And, uh, my family had been in education. My mother was a teacher in New York city before me. Uh-huh. Uh, she was a physics teacher. My grandfather in Los Angeles he was a chemistry teacher. Um, at Manual Arts High School, so okay,
2: that's exactly like it is. that had,
0: yeah. So this uh-huh. has been in my DNA. The problem with this was I also know that teachers didn't get paid at uh, for the most part at that time. Things are getting better now. Okay. As they're raising the criteria up, so most right. things are now pushing teachers to get masters. Like New York is one of them. Have to have your masters to
1: teach. Is that? Um,
0: right? Yeah. Okay. So there are little escape routes throughout that. Um, they have what's called usually like transition teaching where people have higher careers, they'll give you a quicker route to the classroom, but you still have to get your license. So they may give you a provisional uh, contingent upon you finishing your master's. Okay. Um, And that's kind of what's actually happening. And that's where they're getting most of the teachers from, from programs, ones like Teach for America or here in New York city, teaching fellows, where they kind of promote and market to people freshly out of college that typically don't know what to do, and they recruit them to work in the big cities. And often they work at charter schools where requirements are not um, enforced by the states.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And um, charter schools are pretty much the McDonald's of education. They really like Chipotle's. They like Red Lobster's. They look nice, but it's a chain restaurant. Okay. And it's pretty generic, so the output's going to be generic, and your child's experience is going to be generic. So, um, but that's the way most people go. And then when people realize that the state is going to pay more, they'll end up getting out of the charter school system and into the public school system. So that's kind of a nationwide phenomenon. Wow. Um, so yeah, they're they're pretty much preying on the dumb kids in college that don't have theirs together and don't know what they're Mm going to do, and those are our teachers, like the lame white kids that didn't make it anywhere. And I'm not going to say all of them. There are some good white teachers and some good teachers in general, but a predominant base of the new teacher population is going to be the failures. Man, man, oh, man. (laughs) So, um, you know, the average teacher stays in the classroom less than four years right now. So how are they going to be community agents?
1: Right. And how are
0: they going to, you know, again, a lot of times these people, they don't understand the community, but they can learn. But by the time they learn about the community, they're gone. They're on to okay. the next role.
1: Right. Um,
0: so, you know, the reality is, is that I'll say there's a couple problems. I think is black people, and I think you've mentioned this before, we're not active enough and we're not participating in votes enough and mm-hmm. taking care of, the local guys, the councilmen, the city assemblymen, right. these senators that we can write to, that they need our votes. Yes. And we're just giving it away. And we can have these people work for us and get our schools air conditioning, better bathroom situations, you know, this, that, and a third, just on on a basic phone call or a letter, and people aren't doing that. I mean, if we're mm-hmm. paying taxes, we deserve these services, too. Right. A school shouldn't I look agree. any different than the people in the suburb, unless it's a private school. Public schools around the country should ideally have the same standard. Right. But you have people in communities, and that, and and that's why, I mean, I've also, you know, seen it work differently. Like, I originally went to school. My neighborhood didn't really have many schools when I was a kid, so I ended up going to school in Chinatown right here in New York City. Uh-huh. And I saw how these people as a group, when they didn't have air conditioners, they hustled together and bought air conditioners for that school. They went ahead and started protesting and making sure their kids were going to get the adequate educational needs and resources. Uh, So the Jewish peoples. and going back to what you're saying, these people never forgot where they came from because they've stuck together. And that's what we're going to have to do to get better schools. We're going to have to stick together. And unfortunately, what often happens is people abandon a local school, they get somebody's address. And they send their kid on the other side of town to the good school, or they pay to go to uh, Catholic school. And I understand people have to do that to de- get their education. But in the meantime, don't turn your back on everybody. They still got a kid in the local school. We still now, need those person, people support politically. Right in your area, if a person get caught, then they throw out the district. Do they, are they locking them up in the box? No, it's it's happening all the time. It's hard to prove. You know, somebody puts an address in, and it's, it's really, you know, it's it's pretty much a common practice at this point, especially in New York City so small. To get your kid in a different district is, you know, a mile away, you know, so okay. it may not cause you that much difficulty to get your kid to go to that other school, you know. Yeah, the, but yeah, people use their work addresses and things okay. of the like. To the fans that yeah. listening, I know we hear about all the, the college scandal, but let me say something too. If you don't watch the news a lot or read, there's a lot of Afro-American women who have put their kids through in a different district in these high schools around the country that they are locking the fuck up. I mean, putting them in jail. And I didn't know it was that serious. It's it's a thing. Um, it's definitely wow. a common practice, and. Um, You know, I've seen it all over. I also, because of 9-11, I had to go to relocate middle high school. So I finished my junior and senior year in Los Angeles at Los Angeles High School, off Olympic. Um, So when I went out there, I saw the education system was different. The standards were lower. But the kids were better off because they had more time to play. So you had gym every day. You had nutrition class, which is like fifteen minutes in the morning, just to socialize, and you had long help. You had the sun, yes. yes, and you had the sun, and every day was cool. Right? <laughs> the only thing in California, you have to have your parents had to have a cool car. Right? Um, I didn't know that at first. I had to find out that out the hard way. Right. It is so outside crazy. Of that. It's yeah. a friendly city. We have a gentleman. Do you want to say your name, family? Yes, uh, Anthony Roper. Anthony vote like everybody from Clinton Campus High School in the Bronx, New York. I want to thank this brother for enlightening me, my fans around the world. I hope that you guys got something out of this to know not just afro American children but all children of this world can carry them to let them know every day they can win at life and to the parents. Understand stop saying. These kids are crazy. These kids is bad. Motherfucker, you. Raise your child. Take the time to raise your kid, not to let the school raise your kid, because it comes back full circle. We talk about it every day, and we'll talk about it to the day we die. Who raised you is one of the most important questions of your life. I honestly can say that it's one of the most important questions of your life. And talk about credit real quick. Let's go back real quick to the power of credit. And so, Anderson, make sure you reach out to her. Here we go, 678-770-2172. She handles everything from identity theft, medical bills, student loans, judgments, foreclosures, bankruptcies, cash liens, charge-offs, selections, um, repossessions, evictions, and public records. To the ladies around the world, to the gentlemen out here hustling, it's the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. We want to show mad love to the Clinton Campus High School. Do you have a website, fam? Yes. You can check us out at Bronx Collaborative. Google us. We're out there. Clinton is a famous high school. You put Clinton High School in New York City, you'll see us. Notable alumni, James Baldwin, Charles Rangel, Stan Lee, uh, Ralph Lawrence. So there's a lot of people. Very big. Um, we still need support. and yeah, I was going to say. The thing was- is. I, I want to flip it back to you and into and, and the world. I'm not going to look for, for charity and or, or things of like this. I'm going to do what I got to do every day. The biggest right. thing is who raised you. Pay attention to your kids. Do the homework with them. Ask them at least once per day, what did they do in school? Make right. them feel like they have to learn something, and they will. Yep. So if you give your kids entertainment and you don't expect anything, then that's what we're going to have. Nice. Um, so just please... Do what you got to do. Encourage our children, our young black men and women. I encourage more people to look into the field of teaching. If we want to really change the world, this is where it's at. Um, I thank you, TK, for putting me on. Uh, you could have chosen a million and one people. I'm really happy. Always been a big fan. I'm, like, since the 90s, big fan. Like, wow. baby blue do ragging it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: um, big fan of comedy, but you're always the one that kept it real. So it's definitely been an honor. But again, parents, if you want to do something, if you follow your child's education, you'll know every step what you got to do. You'll know yeah. when you got to go have a meeting with a teacher, when your yeah, education is not satisfactory. Um, speaking of financial literacy, people came to me and said, hey, I don't care about my kid knowing calculus as much as I care about them knowing what their credit score is and how to develop one. Also, car insurance loans, house loans, and things like that. So I – and, and – ask other teachers, start creating curriculum that we need for us that we know we're at a deficit of. So right. think about financial literacy for math teachers. I totally agree. And I'm going to give you – stay in touch with me. I'll be in New York um, June 18th, and the big show is October 26th, 27th, me, Charlamagne the God, and the Breakfast Club at Caroline, and we're having the premiere to my special at the Magic Johnson Theater in Harlem that Sunday and then the, um, the Amazon special drops that Monday, so I'll leave you four tickets. And to my fans, please reach out to this brother. Even if you could send a dollar or pencils or anything that you could send to help out, I would truly, truly appreciate it. You heard it here first, the T.K. Kirker Podcast, reduce producer, Charlemagne, the guide to everybody around the world. May your pain be champagne. New Jersey, this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Baltimore Comedy Factory. See you then. God bless you, family. Wish you the best. God bless. Thank you. you. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland. For more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com.
2: This episode of The TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.